I wonder what people do upstairs. Another happy Bank Holiday Monday and a warm welcome to the latest step in our journey through past Spurs seasons. Under review today is season 1991-92, which of course immediately precedes the seismic change English football underwent when the Premier League landed in the summer of 1992, discussed on last Thursday's edition with Fletch, Peter and Sim. The latter two are back with me, Ian Wallace, as ever to tackle this difficult final year in the old First Division as the YE1 Daily Project approaches our recently decided completion target of 1986-1987. How are you guys? Yeah, Sim, good. Peter, you well? Good. Yeah, okay. How are you, Ian? Yeah, we're good. We're good this end. I, I actually saw Peter running in the park at 7am the other morning, so I want the listeners to know that we're all fit and healthy here, Peter. <laughs> I was very impressed with that. Yeah, I wasn't being rude, but I, I didn't want to break my stride, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But I don't think you were going that fast, Peter. No, I wasn't. You got the food reputation to turn around, so yeah, uh, this is yeah. some good PR that you're throwing his way in. Burn off. Yeah. Also, burn also, off. also, sorry, Peter. Just, just as a um, an aside, obviously we know you're in music. You didn't want to break your stride, wasn't that a song by someone? Didn't yeah. Want to break, my never gonna break my stride. Who was it? <laughs> Matthew Wilder. Yeah. I've great, got great to keep on moving. Yeah. Break my stride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, great to have you guys along. Peter, we've been recording and releasing these podcasts multiple times a week for over two months now, and you've been quite vociferous about just how fast the time seemed to go in lockdown. How how have you found this season-by-season descent, and is 1986-87 for you a good pause point for us with Aussie, Hoddle, Alan, Waddle, all names we talk about to this day? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good point to... To pause it because that's a, a high watermark for us really and like because those guys are synonymous with the glory glory ethos of spurs the flair the class which set them aside which made us the aristocrats of london and uh, that's the spurs that first got me hooked and that's the spurs i grew up with and grew to love that's a brilliant point peter because i really feel that 1986 and sim you know i really feel it bookends because we really were, we were a stylish, swaggering team in 1986-87. And I think sort of it bookends it very nicely that we sort of, you know, come back from our current season and just, you know, just get into the Champions League final back to then. So, Sim, I think 86-87 is a good choice. Do you feel the same? Yeah, I look forward to it. We we talked about it really early doors in this project, didn't we? I think we, we discussed in a very early one whether or not the 2016-2017 team was on a level with that team or if it's the best team that we had since then and it will be nice to go back to that and just hear you guys hear you guys accounts of it having watched it yeah i think it's a great shout peter don't you I think yeah although although the team from the early 80s was the team that was winning stuff the early 80s yeah, agreed. They, they were in back-to-back FA cup and you were for cups and stuff yeah, I mean, I just, I just think Peter's point about us being aristocrats. I think, you know, for me growing up, I love the swagger of the Spurs teams, the excitement, and I think the eighty six, eighty seven was like that. And also, as you say, seeing the two thousand sixteen, seventeen, 
for exactly like that. It's a very nice little bookend. But yeah, so well done, guys. We're doing very well. Yeah. So let's crack on with the 1991-92 season, which on the face of it probably looks like a worse season than it actually was. Though a 15th place finish is tough to stick up for. Sim, could you outline the listeners a few key facts of the seasons, please? Yeah, I'm, I mean, like you say, 15th place, it doesn't sound good, does it? Uh, we finished 15th with 52 points, which was actually more points than we got the season before. But there were less teams in the league, so I suppose that kind of balances out in a different way. But I suppose the thing that stands out in this season is the fact that we were in four cup competitions. Yeah. And we played 60 matches in the season. We didn't have Gaza, obviously, after the FA Cup final of the year before. So we were in the FA Cup and the League Cup and the Cup Winners' Cup as well. And we, apart from the FA Cup, which we didn't do well in at all, we only got, we didn't even get past the third round. But we got to the semi final of the League Cup and the quarterfinals of the Cup Winners' Cup. And th- yeah. there was kind of like a, a period in the season where. We seem to lose a lot of points, which we'll obviously get to when we go through the league results yeah. and campaign. We used about 25 players and it's kind of difficult to produce throughout a season when you've got so many games. Yeah, I agree. And Peter, this was Alan Sugar's first season at Spurs and Venables has obviously moved upstairs, as they say. How, how did you sort of remember feeling at the time? And obviously they brought Peter Shreves as manager. How did you sort of feel at the time, Peter? I felt disappointed that he moved upstairs, actually. I thought we had that a good thing going with him and the Gaza, Lineker, kind of made us a few, a bit of a glamour team of that period, I thought, that from the previous season, which we will get to. When he suddenly sort of wasn't really the guy who seemed to be masterminding the team, that I must admit, I felt a twinge of disappointment. Yeah, we just won an FA Cup the season before and the manager who'd got us there yeah. You know, they'd gone upstairs and they'd, they'd put someone else in. How, how much do you think Venables was hands-on, though, with running of the first team? Or was Peter Shreve pretty much totally in charge, do you think? It probably would have chipped in with a bit of advice, but I think Venables was getting involved more in the sort of embroiled in the sort of financial dealings and things like that, I feel. But it's a shame that he did that. Because as a coach, he was just like second to none, in my opinion. And, and that, so that and the... Obviously, the Gaza leaving, not no longer being part of it, was just it was a bit of disappointment. But, uh, yeah, I think he might have been giving a little bit of advice to Shreve. Yeah, because Peter Shreve, just for listeners who don't know, Peter Shreve was actually uh, Birkinshaw's right-hand man yeah. assistant. I mean, Peter, there was always the talk about Liverpool having like you know the boot room and always promoting from within. We actually did that in the 84-85 season when Birkinshaw left, didn't we? Yeah. Peter well, Shreve took over for a season. Yeah, I think he knew the ins and outs of the club. He'd been around the club, in and around the club for long enough to not really be relying too much on Venables, I think, at that point. And do you think, I mean, you know, Peter, I don't know if you remember, in the 84-85 season, he did really well, Peter Shreves. We actually came third and we had a chance of winning the league, actually. Yeah, yeah, that team was did really well. And I think it's kind of almost like airbrushed out of history how well he did. You know, he's not really the manager that's immediately springs to mind when you think about Tottenham, is he? So, Sugar's first season and Venables going upstairs, do you think Shreves was an easy appointment? And also the fact that we didn't have much money because of all the debts they'd taken over, do you think it was a cheap, easy appointment, Peter? Yeah, that that as well. Apart from the fact that he knew, he knew about the club, but on the one hand, it had an advantage that he didn't have to go out and pay compensation to any other club for poaching their manager and all that kind of stuff. 
So from that point of view, it was good as well. But he was a good guy. He knew what he, he, he knew what he was doing. He did know what he was yeah. doing. And Sim, can you tell us about the transfers we got in that season? Yeah, so uh, as we said, it was it was Sugar's first season as chairman. He took over in June 1991. Uh, him and Venables both invested 3.25 million. Sugar increased his stake to 8 million in December, which gave him effective control of the club. So that was the complete era switch. He knew what was coming with the Premier League, didn't he? Because he had his finger in that pie. But he wasn't quite pushing the boat out massively. But then, I say that, we signed Gordon Jury, who was, the only, he was actually the only signing of that season. But for 2.2 million, it's no, not a small amount of money for the time. Uh, mm. 2.2 million. He'd scored 51 in 123 for Chelsea. And he partnered Lineker during this season and got 12 goals. So he did all right. Yeah, and what are the players who went out that season? Yeah, so Mitchell Thomas, I think he seems to be a bit of a fan favourite listening to other Spurs podcasts. Would you guys agree? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not so sure, Peter. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll come on to more Mitchell Thomas in the 86-87 season. But for me, he was a right-footed left-back and it just doesn't work for me. Peter, were yeah. you a fan of him? I think I was highly regarded. You know, I quite, I quite liked him. I mean, but then I kind of grew up with people like Cyril Knowles and people like that at left-back. He was above average, I would say. If he's right-footed, there's definitely a balance problem there with the, that back four. Yeah, I might, I might be being a bit harsh for him. He just looked a bit ungainly. He didn't look a bit ungainly. Not in the Timothy Atuba ungainly yeah. stage, but he <laughs> looked a bit ungainly. Who else went out? Sim? Yeah, so Thomas went to a sinking West Ham ship. They finished bottom of the league this season. Um, Brilliant. So that serves him right for going there. A striker called Phil Gray went on to a pretty successful spell of Luton. I don't think he really played very much with us. Yeah, I remember um, him actually. He played with my friend actually. Oh, really? Yeah, in the, in the youth team at the time. And a couple of other people left. John Monker left as well, didn't he? John Monker, yeah. He went to Swindon. That was en route to his pretty well-remembered spell at West Ham. Yeah, and also Brian Statham left as well. Yeah, they all played with my friend. So I watched a lot of them when they were younger in the youth team. So that, that was quite interesting to see them move on. And obviously a bit of a tinge of disappointment. They didn't really make it. Yeah. But I just wanted to go back to you sort of saying, Sim, that we spent £2.2 million on Gordon Jury, which which for me was a fantastic signing. Peter, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, he was scoring goals at Chelsea. I don't remember jumping, feeling I was jumping up and down about it, but... Uh... Was he the replacement for Lineker then, I, I suppose? Uh, not really, because at that time we didn't know he was going, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so no, he wasn't a replacement then. But what, what sort of player do you remember him to be, Peter? Just a swashbuckling, kind of like industrious, a striker, lead the line sort of guy. Scored a few goals, you know, put a shift in. I wouldn't have classed him as a world beater. I would have described him exactly as that industrious. He worked really hard, didn't he? Hassled the centre backs. So Duke, he was a Duke good buy for us, I think. Jukebox Jury, that was his nickname. Exactly. So, Sim, we, we spent 2.2 million, but in the same season, Arsenal spent 4 million, 3 million on Ian Wright. City spent 1.6 million. The big spenders were Liverpool with 8.5 million. Leeds with 7 million. And obviously, Leeds won the league that year, so uh, their investment was validated. And Villa, 8 million. Palace, 4.5 million. Everton, 5 million. United, 3.5 million. So, you know, we not many, wasn't hugely a lot of money going around, was there, Sim, at that point? No, not massive. But I mean, you, you can you look at something like Ian Wright, and I suppose that's, that's kind of just sums up someone who's just done really good business. 3 million for someone who scored goals for a good 
what seven mm. or eight years for, for Arsenal. Peter, I don't know about you, but I actually obviously coming back of winning the FA Cup the previous season, pretty much the only player who of the first team squad who'd left was Gaza or when he was injured was Gaza. I actually felt that we had quite a good squad going into the season and Gordon Jury, you know, I thought went in there with quite a lot of hope because the squad was big and bloated, but I thought it was good. A bit of strength and depth there, yeah. I mean, Sim, we used a lot of players that season, 1991-92. We'll come on to the game soon. But I always felt that Shreve never knew his best 11. Did you feel that, Peter? Well, possibly, I mean, he yeah. used a lot of the players. Trying to maybe find the right blend and maybe didn't, uh, as the league position seems to suggest, didn't maybe didn't find that blend. Do you remember Paul Stewart was a striker? And yeah. then he sort of shoehorned him into a midfield position in the end, which that, he was very successful at. That's right. I mean, that guy... I'd run his socks off in the FA Cup final the previous season. Yeah. So he, he could actually play in either position, actually, uh, to be fair. Yeah, he was, he was very good, wasn't he? Yeah. Sim, if you sort of go into the pre-season, actually, we didn't have a, We went to Ireland for pre-season and it was a bit of a mixed bag. We lost to Celtic and, yeah, I mean, it was a pre-season with a mixed bag, so we should have possibly known what was coming. But we, we had the Charity Shield, didn't we, Sim? Which we, is the first time we played the Charity Shield for a long time. Yeah, yeah, we haven't. I mean, we haven't played it in my lifetime. We haven't won the FA Cup since 91, obviously. So, yeah, we played Arsenal in the Charity Shield in front of 65,000 at Wembley. And Tony Adams and... Well, I'll, say, I'll say Gary Mabbott first, actually, because yeah. uh, he's our guy. Gary Mabbott and Tony Adams shared the Community Shield at Wembley. Yeah. And yeah. that day, we lined up with Eric the Viking, Sedgley Mabbott, Fennec, Van Den Howe, Naeem Samways, Howes, Paul Allen, Paul Stewart and Gary Lineker. Yeah, decent I mean, that's not a bad team, uh, decent, Peter, do you decent, think? Decent, decent size, yeah, yeah. That, that looks like, from what I can gauge from doing these podcasts and watching highlights, that looks like a pretty good team to me. Was Van Den Howe playing left-back, I'm assuming, was he? In that season, he played more right-back, but I think you're right, that day he did play left-back and Fennec played right-back. Edinburgh played quite a lot that season, but he didn't play in that game. No. So did we not have a left-footed left-back for about 25 years? No, <laughs> Edinburgh was a left-back. Was, left was, he, was he left-footed? I think so, yeah. I, I can't yeah, Edinburgh was left-footed. Oh, yeah, okay. Was. okay. Yeah, but then I suppose Chris Hewton was more... He was, Chris Hewton, he was not very two-footed. Van Den Howe played right-back a lot that season. He did play right-back a lot. Fennec was sort of phased out a little bit. But anyway, Sim, could you sort of take us in after the Charity Shield, which I remember watching uh, while on holiday in Mallorca with the lads. Mm. Interesting afternoon watching that, very hungover from the night before. But Sim, <laughs> can you sort of take us into the season then, the results? in the, It was the first division, so not the Premier League. How did we start? Yeah, I mean, it, was, it started pretty well, but it just hit some, like was noted at the beginning of the podcast, it just hit some really dire patches a couple of points especially bad in the middle but then that was probably down to other distractions but yeah we started the season pretty well 1-3-2 at Southampton Lineker uh, I think the most notable thing from the start of the season is that Lineker was just completely on fire so we won at Southampton 3-2 on the first day remember we'd played Southampton on the first day the next season as well in our first Premier League fixture Gordon Jury had signed the day before that game he didn't play in the charity shields and he scored in his debut and Lineker got a couple as well yeah, I went to that game. They played very well, and I, thought, I really felt encouraged by the start, especially Jury because he hassled everyone. But then, then we had Chelsea at home, and I was bitterly disappointed because we lost three one, didn't we, Sim? We did, yeah. I mean, our Chelsea hoodoo had well and truly started at this point. Kerry Dixon, Kevin Wilson, and Andy Townsend got the goals in that game. Just, just sorry, just back to the Southampton game. Lineker obviously got a couple in that, and he started the season in red hot form, and we sold him. 
I mean, we agreed we agreed the deal with Nagoya, didn't we, to sell him in November. I'm struggling to get my head around why we were selling him at the age of 30, 31 when he was still banging in goals. Was it a, a monetary thing, do you think? No, because he didn't go for a lot of money. My memory fading as to how the Lineker departure came about, but I know he had this toe injury, and I'm wondering whether the toe injury had anything to do with it, or did that occur while he was in Japan? I think he sort of was getting a bit older. I mean, his pace was basically his real big thing, wasn't he? And yeah. Possibly Maybe that was the, the, 90, the 90 World Cup and then obviously our season winning the FA Cup. And I think he just wanted to try something new because he's obviously been to Spain. and I think he just fancied something new. Yeah, but he'd, he'd that, that, still been an England starter right up until Graham Taylor famously brought him off before he could equal Bobby Charlton's record. He did. That's yeah. exactly what happened. So he, he actually, at the end of this season, he went to the European Championships, the 1992 European Championships, then retired. But you're yeah. right, Sim, in November of the 1991, he started the season on fire, but then he sort of said he was leaving at the end of the season to go to Japan. And I think possibly his toe injury came about not, not that wasn't one of the reasons. I think he just wanted to try something else. I think we sold him for a million, Sim, is that right? Yeah, it was about that, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's strange because yeah. it's taking a lot of goals out of the team. I think he wanted to go. I don't think we wanted to sell him. He wanted to go, and I think he'd been a good servant to us. After a nice little start, you know, we then lost four on the trot, and it just seemed to be bitty, didn't it, after that? We recovered from the Chelsea one. We won 3-1 and 1-0 at Forest and Norwich, respectively. Lineker had got 5-4 and four already at that point. Drew 0-0 with Villa, then beat QPR 2-0 at home, Wimbledon 5-3 away. Lineker scored four in that. And yeah, we'd won we'd won five out of our first seven games, but then yeah, four defeats on the spin: Man United, Everton, Man City, and West Ham. And I suppose that run did coincide with games in the League Cup and the Cup Winners' Cup. The form fell fell down at that point, and it never really recovered. Do you think, Peter? Look, looking back, I mean, we just after after our good start, there just seemed to be a little little bit of apathy when Lineker sort of announced it in November that he was going. Obviously, we didn't have Gaza there. Do you yeah. think it was like a bit of an end of an era, Peter? Yeah, maybe it it's a, had a psychological effect on others. I always think it's the wrong thing to announce mid-season that you're going to, or even at any time during the season that you're going to retire. It, always, it never seems to have a galvanising effect. On, I've never, yeah, seen, I've never yeah. seen it have a galvanising P- people, effect. People could throw stats my way and mm. disprove me here, but I don't feel like David Silva has been the same player this season. You know, when Lineker said he was going and then Gaza was obviously going, the heart was sort of ripped out of our team a little bit. And I don't think we had the players to step up in midfield to the creativity because we drew a lot of games, didn't we, Sim, that season? And possibly that's where, you know, we, we just sort of lacked a little bit. It sounds to me like Sam Wee's had a bit about him creativity-wise. I've seen some of the balls that he's kind of put through to Sheringham. But I get the feeling that David Howes was probably quite a, quite a workman-like player. Not in a bad way, but, well, you know, he wasn't a Gazza, was he? No. No, he wasn't a Gazza. Did you rate David Howes, Peter? Yeah, I just thought, in, like uh, Simpsons, in a kind of a workman-like way, he, he'd be a guy that would fit slot into a midfield and, like, do a few things to sort of get balanced, almost like a bit like a Paul Allen type of guy that maybe was not lauded, but then when he's missing from the team, you might miss him. With Gazza gone, I mean, how do you replace the most gifted player of his generation? 
Yeah, yeah no, that, I think you're right, and I think that's what we possibly struggled with the next few seasons, actually, because we didn't have money to invest in a big player in midfield, and I, I think that's a great point. How can you replace him? I don't think we did. I think we struggled. Sim, take us from after Christmas. We sort of limped to Christmas, but then we had a run of about 10 games from 11th of January, where we lost to Chelsea again, till March, where we didn't win a Division 1 game, did we? Yeah, no, no wins in 10. And again, I keep throwing back to it, we were competing in three competitions. You wonder if there was maybe an attitude problem, like you said, with the end of an era. And let's not forget, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about the season before tomorrow, but we had a horrible end to that season. We seem to start this one all right, but you wonder if something maybe carried on, if there was like a rot that had set, it, set in and maybe a bit of confusion in terms of Venables being upstairs and Peter Shrews yeah. being in charge. But we talk about a lot about um, in the podcast before about a strategy. Do you reckon there was just so much going on, Peter, behind the scenes that yeah. was there? Were, were we just concentrating on the cup, or were we? Yeah. You know, should should we have had a bit of like structure about you know attacking the league more, being more serious about the league? Yeah, maybe like competing on all those different fronts, but not focusing on one. So uh, it kind of maybe dissipated our energy, which was reflected in the league position. By the way, what were Venables yeah. doing upstairs? Was he banging on the floor with a broomstick or something? <laughs> I wonder what people do upstairs. <laughs> yeah, I love that, Peter. I don't know what he's doing, but I think do you think do you think it's a bit of a vanity project for him? Because obviously he's yeah. been a coach, and then suddenly he was he went upstairs and fancied his chances of running a football club, possibly. Yeah, I do remember the newspaper headline of the day, and it said Terry gets his Spurs. I just I just oh. stuck in my brain that headline. Yeah, I do. I mean, do, do do we think, sorry, just going back a little bit, do we think, not that we had the money, it was another missed opportunity to build on a on the previous season where we just won the FA Cup. We could have possibly invested in a lot more people. Was Sugar a bit prudent with his money? You know, we just won the FA Cup. We had a good squad. If we'd have added three players, we might have won the league. Story of our club, isn't it, really, in the sense that you get to these kind of pivotal times and just yet another moment where we didn't seem to kick on. That I, I, I felt that that team disbanded just a little bit too soon. Yeah, the Peter, one, I totally one, agree. One, and I'm bored of saying this, you know, yeah. I think this was a real missed opportunity. But in Sugar's defence, he had just taken over. We did have a lot of debt, so possibly yeah. I might be being a bit harsh on him. You can't cater for the Gaza injury, though. That was just like him. It was just like him kind of hitting the self-destruct button, really, wasn't it, really? Yeah, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Sim, can you take us through our League Cup? And uh, so the league, we ended up finishing uh, 15th, as we said. And obviously, we know Shreve's got fired at the end of that season. If you take us through our League Cup and FA Cup, that would be great. Yep, so we made the semi-finals of the League Cup. Uh, eventually, got put out by Brian Cross, Nottingham Forest. In that semi-final, lost 2-1 on aggregate. We drew 1-1 away. And then we lost in extra time, 2-1 at home in the second leg. Those are goals from Roy Keane actually scored for, for us that he day. Did. And Edward Glover scored in, in extra time, which is very disappointing. They lost the final 1-0 to Man United. Man United were coming into a bit of a trophy-winning habit at that point, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and then before the Forest game, we turned around a 1-0 away defeat to Swansea in obviously the two-legged second or third round. We won that 5-1. And then we won 3-0 at Grimsby, 2-1 at Coventry, and beat Norwich 2-1 at home. I remember that home game against Forest in the Cup I went to, and uh, yeah, yeah, Roy Keane was very young at the time, and he was just a real emerging yeah. star at the point. Yeah, 
Forest had a really vibrant young team then, didn't they? I heard stories about him coming into the dressing room and giving people a bollocking, and he was like at the age of 19 or something <laughs> like that, you know. Yeah, I've, a, I, yeah, that's, yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah, like, she, was, she was driven, wasn't he? Um, and Sim, our FA Cup, had our FA Cup run go? <laughs> it barely happened, did it? We we played two games in it, but they were both in the same round, so we drew a 0-0 at Villa Park, and then we lost the replay at the lane, 1-0 to an 11th minute Dwight York goal. It's always a killer, yeah, I mean, it's always a killer sorry, to go out of the FA Cup in the third round. It kills your season a bit. Especially as the holders as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to the away game at Villa, actually. It was on a Sunday. I think it was live on TV. But, yeah, I was, I was bitterly disappointed. We didn't really play that well. And I think we were happy with it. I hate going out in the, the third end, round. So disappointed. Yeah, the third round. I just yeah, me hate, too. I just hate <laughs> it so much. Blankly. It's, it's, it's such a um, shrug of the shoulders, isn't it, Peter, going yeah. out? It's like a... Yeah. So well, disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, it, I mean, it just it affects the season because players don't have that incentive to play for, you know... Playing like the thing about playing for cup final places and it can work both ways, but yeah, you know, I just think it takes a little bit of momentum out of your season when you go. Yeah, out, totally you go out agree. In the third round. Totally agree. And then Sim, so we got in the FA Cup. We were in the European Cup Winners' Cup, which was really exciting. So Sim, do you want to take us through the first couple of rounds there? So we went past Austrian side SV Stockerau in the preliminary rounds. Um, we won both legs, one nil. And then in the round after that, we lost 1-0 at Hadrick Split from Croatia, obviously split in Croatia, but we turned that around at the lane. We won it 2-0 and a defender called David Tottu scored his only Tottenham goal, which turned out to be the winner in the tie. Does that name oh, mean yeah, anything to you guys? I remember David Tottu, yeah. Never embedded himself we a, into We had a lot of youngsters. Yeah, he didn't, did he, Peter? We had a lot of youngsters around that time, didn't we? We seemed yeah. to have a really good youth policy, but... They were, they were in and around the first team, but none of them really... I suppose Howes and Samways broke through, didn't they? But yeah, not yeah, really but too many others. No, I can't remember much others, but I do remember David Tuttle. Yeah. Then we had Porto. We drew Porto. Yeah, impressive. 1-3-1 at home. Um, seems to have pretty much got the got the tie wrapped up in in that game. That was the second round of the Cup Winners' Cup. Those ties took place in late October and early November. Jury got one and Lineker got two. And then we drew 0-0 over there and went through to the quarter-final where we seemed to just have a bit of a... Yeah, a bit, it seems to be a, just looking at the results, a bit of a shrug of the shoulders. 0-0 draw at home, that was after a 1-0 defeat away, so we lost 1-0 in aggregate. Feyenoord had Johnny Method playing for them, an ex-Spurs oh, yeah. player, do you remember him? Yeah, yeah. Was that, was that after he played for Spurs? Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do remember, I remember um, Johnny Method. Disappointing, really. The home game. Paul Walsh had a shot cleared off the line. You know, we, we were we were unlucky in that home game, but I just I just felt they had the measure of us over the two legs in hindsight. Not with the biting disappointment of maybe the Kaiser Slaughter thing. Oh like Jesus, that's not going there. Kind of like, uh, I, I probably put it in that category. Yeah, let's not go there. Okay, guys. So you know, it's a bit of a damp squib of a season, given what we had the season before. Sim, how would you sort of sum it up? I'd say it seemed pretty chock-a-blocks, just fixture-wise. I mean, it's pretty impressive that Mabbott played 56 games in that season. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Probably finished. Yeah, that is it. Peter, how would you sum it up? Nondescript. I'm with you. Nondescript <laughs> as well. It's pretty... Tur- it was, I wouldn't say it's a turgid season. It was not like, you know, the other ones of the 90s. I just felt it was a bit of a, a damp squib yeah. where I'll sum it up as I think. Lineker got 35 goals, though, which is, which is an incredible amount of goals, isn't it? Yeah, we just, yeah. We just knew where yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, we knew where the goals yeah. were. 
He definitely knew. But I think a lot of the times, I think we played with one up front quite a lot, actually. That seemed to be quite a big thing we did. And we've done that the previous season as well. Anyway, guys, so that, that little trawl through season 91-92, Alan Sugar's first season in charge, and Terry Venables banging the broom, as Peter says, upstairs <laughs> in the boardroom. Thanks, guys, for going through that. Keep safe. Keep listening, guys. Tomorrow's episode is a real treat for us. Obviously, it's a trophy-winning season, which has been very rare. So, uh, you looking forward to that, guys, tomorrow? Sure am. Can't wait. Brilliant. Have a good day, guys. Have a, enjoy the bank holiday and speak to you guys tomorrow. Cheers, Ian, and you. See you, listeners. <laughs>